If you're like us and enjoy a glass of wine, nakedwines.com should be your next online stop. You don't have to get naked, but you can get six bottles of wine, red, white, or a mix for only $34.99 plus free shipping. That's a savings of $90. Or you could get naked. Either way, go to our <laughs> website, gameofbookspodcast.com for a coupon code. It's that easy. No commitments, no membership fees, just wine shipped to you direct from independent winemakers with a 100% refund guarantee. Go to gameofbookspodcast.com for the coupon code. Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Mark Rainey. I am so excited, Kathy, and appreciative that he was able to fit us in his schedule because he's got a lot going on. He had um, this book, a standalone book, Armored. This is like his 20th novel, came out earlier this month. And also uh, his first debut novel is being made into a big blockbuster that comes out right now called The Gray Man. So busy guy, busy guy. Yes. And I can't wait to get into it. But he also, we should know in his list of 20 books, did write three books with Mr. Tom Clancy. Which is How amazing. Cool is that? Oh my God, that's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait to hear yeah. all about it. So anyway, we're going to, you should, you should tell everybody about him, Kathy, so we can get, get to the grilling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we're very tough. Yes. Um, I, it's my pleasure. Mark Graney is the number one New York Times bestselling author of the Gray Man series, as you mentioned. I'm holding it up now. This is a new um, release of the Gray Man, which came out in 2009. So now there's been 11 Gray Man series. Uh, the latest was Sierra Six. He's also the New York Times number one bestselling author or co-author of seven Tom Clancy novels. Um, the most recent was Tom Clancy's Truth, Faith, and Allegiance. He collaborated with Tom on three Jack Ryan novels before Mr. Clancy's death in 2013. Um, he also has written, as you mentioned, several other wonderful uh, thrillers. Uh, the movie The Gray Man is um, in theaters now and streaming on, and we're recording this um, uh, a couple days before it comes out on Netflix. So it comes out on Netflix this Friday or today, as you guys hear this. In his research for his 20 novels, uh, <laughs> Mark has traveled to dozens of countries, visited the Pentagon, military bases, many intelligence agencies, along with training alongside military and law enforcement in the use of firearms, battlefield medicine. So if you have like a moment today, he could probably help you through, like if you choke <laughs> on anything, Christy. Um, and of course, close range combative tactics. So we have a lot to get into. He lives in Memphis with his wife, three stepchildren, and three dogs. We will not forget to mention them, Lobo, Ziggy, and Winston. And Mark, welcome. It's nice to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I have another dog. So there's four now. His name is Mars. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's really Mars? one too many. <laughs> yeah. Mars, yeah. I was going to say, 
How'd you get the names? Uh, my stepdaughter, Ava, is a huge David Bowie fan, and she she, she named him Mars. Um, Lobo and Ziggy were, were mine from the past. I got married two years ago, and um, they had a, a dog, and now we have two, so... Yeah, we've, oh, we've wow. I've got three three new stepkids and uh, and two new dogs. <laughs> That's a quite a change. No. Quite a change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we're glad you could uh, fit us in, and we're um, actually, you know, normally we this is where we talk about the wine we're drinking, and we contemplated it, everybody, but but <laughs> we did. We, we are um, recording this at midday so we're gonna stick to whatever we're drinking but i've got our new mug here so i'm gonna drink some water (laughs) and then we'll get into the questions (laughs) so we'll say cheers to you mark and cheers yes cheers thank (laughs) you appreciate it okay so the book that um we're talking about that came out this month which is awesome as well and they're i think they're making a movie out of this one too is called armored and um, this one, a little bit about it is um, about Joshua Duffy. He's um, a close protection agent, which is a professional bodyguard, I guess. And he worked in, you know, elite forces and in Lebanon. And then he got out alive, but he lost his lower leg, one of his legs. And so now he's working as a mall cop because that's just the way things rolled in the breakdown of everything. And then he runs into an old colleague and hears about a gig down in Mexico, which pays really well, but is very, very high risk. And so that's where the story goes. And we go through a lot of action, I would say, in Mexico with the drug cartels and, you know, espionage and all kinds of stuff. So great, great read. And so I want to start out asking you a question about this, because when I was looking into it, you had said that you first um, came up with this idea as a script for an audio play, and then it was very popular, so expanded it to a novel, but I'm curious, what exactly is an audio play, and how did you get involved in doing that? Yeah, so there was even one iteration of it before the audio play. I, I got the idea like in 2011, to write it as a screenplay. So I started writing it as a screenplay. I'm not a screenwriter. I thought I thought I could be. Um, I was also writing Tom Clancy books, you know, about that time. So I was writing these big 700, 800 page novels, 200,000 word books. So it's really hard to write a 120 page screenplay, which is probably <laughs> 25,000 words or I'm not even maybe maybe less than that. Right. And uh, probably probably 12,000 words. I'm not sure. But um, I I kind of shelved it because you know it was way too long I was only half done with it and there was no one breathing down my neck like for all my other books that where you have you sign these contracts and they're like hey we need that Clancy book by you know uh July yesterday (laughs) so it just kind of yeah yesterday so it sat around for a while and then audible uh the audiobook company came to me and said we'd like to do a, a scripted audio drama with you um if you had an idea and so they would hire um actors and do sound effects and music and it's just like an old time radio audio play um you know sort of a movie for your ears i think is what they like to call it and i like the idea of it because um they sent you know i listened to some things some other audio plays and i thought they were really cool but on top of that 
I wanted someone breathing down my neck. So I would finish this thing that I'd had sitting around for years. And I was like, okay, audio play, whatever. It was hard to write. I, I didn't know what I was, I got myself into, but it was ultimately very fulfilling and fun. They were about to start recording it right when COVID happened that delayed everything almost two years, I guess, year and a half. And, uh, but they recorded it. I think there's 29 actors playing like 35 speaking parts. There's it's wow. a five and a half hour long play. And uh, I'm really proud of it. And you can do a lot of things in the audio realm that you can't necessarily do on the written, you know, on the page. But at the same time, I wanted to expand that story. I, I wanted to tell it as a novel because I'm a novelist and I wanted to sort of expand it, going deeper into the backstory and giving some texture and depth that you can't give just with audio cues. Um, because right. in an audio play, either someone is saying it or you're hearing you know, a piece of equipment. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. How do you, because like your action scenes are so great to read, you know, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, how do you do that in a just audio? <laughs> that's so hard. Yeah, I mean, you should, you could, you, you should listen to the sample on Audible. I mean, they, they basically said, listen to these things. And then I wrote it and I wrote every little audio cue. I'd be like, this wow. type of an engine <laughs> is going for 15 <laughs> seconds. And then this, so I, like it, I think it ended up being like 660 pages of writing for a five hour play, you know, and, wow. and again, I'm really, I was really happy with it and they, they got good actors and it, it was a lot of fun to listen to. This was previous to me seeing the film of my work. So it was sort of the first time I'd heard a real dramatization. I've heard I've obviously audiobook narrators and I have great audiobook narrators, but this level of dramatization was really, really cool to hear. But all along, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to sell it to Hollywood, and I wanted to make a novel out of it. Unfortunately, I was able to do both. Awesome. awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Christy had mentioned your research, or I yeah. mentioned your research, but the research into this, I know Christy wanted to ask you about. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I initially, when I was when I was writing Gray Man novels, I, I did some training with firearms just because I, I was never in the military. and. And I got deeper into that and deeper into that. And I started training with in battlefield medicine and team tactics and uh, force on force stuff. And then eventually I found myself training with high risk civilian military contractors. These guys that go downrange. This was in the late 2000s. So Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, protect dignitaries or protect locations. And I, I did a lot of training with them and I would live in the team houses or the bunk, you know, the, the team rooms or the bunk houses. And I would travel in the, you know, the big Chevy Suburbans with them, you know, strapped with all your guns and, and do all this training. And I, I got the idea that you write, you could write a story about these guys. It's a very blue collar job. You know, these are, it's like truck drivers, but you carry a gun, you know, and um, mm -hmm. it, it made a story about them and not about the people they protect could be very interesting. And so that was the initial thing. And, and it was going mm -hmm. through all this research where, where I got the idea for the, the story, researching for something else where I got the idea for this story. How did you actually get involved in doing all this stuff? I mean, is there just like a website that's like, hey, I want to train to be a whatever? Or do you like <laughs> go find some Tennessee militiamen or something? Or <laughs> how did you? I mean... <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, no, there, there's a school in, in Middle Tennessee. I live in Memphis. So in Middle Tennessee, there's, there's a place called Tactical Response. And I went there just to train with handguns. And then I went back to train with rifles. And then, you know, I trained with like long distance shooting. And then I started doing sort of team tactic stuff. And then we're doing night stuff and, and advanced rifles and 
And I mean, I probably have taken 50 classes there. And, and at one Did point, anybody I, try to recruit you? <laughs> no, I, I think I'm a, I think I was uh, became sort of the mascot once I became a published <laughs> author and I kept going back there. I, um, I, I, I remember it wasn't at that school, but I've trained at some other places. I remember a, a former Delta Force guy who was who was training me with rifles and, you know, along with a bunch of law enforcement guys. I was like the only civilian. And uh, after one of the iterations of the training, he, he goes like, Grainy, I really, really admire your enthusiasm, which was like <laughs> the, the most backhanded compliment you could possibly yeah. give. But I mean, I still appreciated it. He's right, like, I, your effort. Your effort is amazing or something like that. You're really a, you're a go-getter for, yeah, exactly. I was thinking, I'm picturing you with the uh, flak jacket that says writer on it. Yeah. Remember? Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) So did you ever um, feel like you were going to like, were you ever scared during the training? Oh, scared a lot. (laughs) Yeah. It it was all live fire. So it's all real bullets. Um, A lot of it's at night and there's a lot of two way stuff where um, you're not, just shooting at a target there's people shooting at targets by you and you're shooting at targets by them and there's movement oh i mean it, it's it's very it's very they they take this very seriously because there's definitely life and death stuff and i've i remember walking backwards and feeling the pressure of bullets going you know like within a, i guess within a foot of my back and i'm shooting at a target and i'm like if i stop the guy who's shooting on this side of me is going to shoot me and if i if i go too fast that guy's going to shoot me and there's you know all sorts of different things like that and obvi- wow. obviously you have the same responsibility that they have not to shoot them so right. the, the the training is the training is very very intense and uh but like nothing in my life has, has got me more like dialed in and, and focused oh. than to do stuff like that that explains why it's so well written that's what i was yeah Go ahead, Kathy. Yeah, the detail in the action scenes, and I mean, you you can tell that you have experienced this because I don't know how else you. I mean, I don't know how else you would possibly be able to write with that kind of intensity and accuracy. Oh, thank okay, you. Okay, so let's switch and talk about. You're welcome. Talk about Gray Man. We'll get to the movie a little bit later because that's a whole other thing. This was your debut novel that got published. I know you had written a few before. You'd said in yeah. other interviews. Yeah. Um, the practice novels, right? That didn't make it. I'm wondering about, and you meant, you mentioned how um, Armored came to be. How did Gray Man come to you? Was it plot or was it actually the character? Yeah, so I had written three other, well, I'd written two other books, um, two manuscripts. The first one I never showed to anybody. The second one, there was an agent who was the agent of an author that I really liked. And I saw he was going to be in San Diego at a writer's conference. So I went out there and submitted 20 pages or 10 pages or something. And um, I had a, I had really, really like crippling social anxiety until well into my forties. And um, so I think I signed up to talk to like three or four agents. And the first three, I just stayed in my hotel room. I just was too scared to have, you know, to hear anybody tell me what they thought of my writing. And the, and the last guy I was like, all right, I, I've got to, you know, just man up and just take it. And I went in there and he said, this is the best thing anyone's ever given me at a writer conference. Um, but he ended up not publishing the book. Uh, it, the submission he liked, he loved the writing, he loved the action, yeah. but he didn't think the story, he thought the story was sort of too, I think he said like too, I, you know, just like it, it was too ambitious for someone that hadn't been published before. And, um, but he's like, write something else and I'd love to read it. And that was all the encouragement I needed. Um, and so I wrote a whole book called Goon Squad and it was about this character named the the gray man. And there was, 
I got the idea. Uh, I was down in Guatemala studying Spanish. And one weekend, I just went to El Salvador to the beach. And I was sitting in this bar where beers were like 40 cents or something. And <laughs> an American guy came in there and he sat, you know, in the corner of the bar and he turned the little light off next to where he sat so he could sit in the dark. And uh, he didn't look like all the like hippies and surfers and stoners. And I was just a language student down there. You know, I was like mid 30, late 30s. And, um, and I just sat there having a beer and I just made up this whole backstory for this guy, not to write a book about him, just because that's what I did because I wouldn't do anything else. And he was CIA, ex-CIA, but now the CIA <laughs> looked after him. So he has to, he's living in the developing world, off the grid, can't have a cell phone, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and after a day or so, I was like, okay, that's a character for a book. And, um, wow. and then, yeah, so I, I gave that agent, Goon Squad, which was the first book I wrote about him. And he called me up and said, I like this, I like your lead character. And I like this little subplot where all these different teams are chasing after him. But your main plot is kind of boring. Um, so write a whole other book about this guy. Oh. And then I'll look at that. And so I was just, you know, the throes of depression for a couple You're of days. You're very trusting. Yeah, yeah. And then I, yeah. I mean, he was, he was all ahead. <laughs> he was the only agent yeah. that was talking to me. And so, yeah. So then I wrote Gray Man in six months in 2007. And that's the one that ended up getting made. So. It took a while. Wow. And it's good. That's It's yeah. so good, too. I mean, I, when I realized it was your debut, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's really good. But yeah. now oh, I know you, you worked thank at you it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I loved um, comparing the two characters, uh, Court Gentry and Gray Man and Josh in um, Armored. And they're very, very different characters, except for their love of Oakley glasses. I would say that. <laughs> I enjoy yeah. a pair of Oakley glasses, yeah. I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I presume that when you created Josh from Armored, it was a very intentional departure from the court gentry kind of character. And why did you choose to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, the, the contractors that I hung around and, and knew and, and know to this day are very like blue collar guys. And I wanted, to, I wanted to tell a story about this family man who is down on his luck and he has one sort of skill that he's trained to do. And he's not able to do it because he's injured early in the, in the book. And, you know, three years later, he's working mall security. And that whole story arc of, of your hero, you know, it's, you, you want it. You have to put them in somewhat of a desperate situation. You don't have to do that at the beginning, but it doesn't hurt. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I had this I had this guy in, in my head and everything he was going through. And that's why he would take a job that looked like a suicide run. But it paid well, and you know he he thought it was worth the risk. At least at least until he got down there and got in in, in trouble. Um, so he's very different from the gray man who has vulnerabilities himself, but he also has yeah. you know a, a wide array of skills. You know he's he, Josh Duffy couldn't be a spy. I don't think he'd want to be a spy. He wants to get home and mm -hmm. have uh, you know spaghetti with his wife and kids every night. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I loved that difference, and I also loved um, Josh's partner. Uh, Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. She is equally as badass as he is in a very different way. Yeah. I love, and I just love the concept of, of, of a couple together, both kind of being in this. And how fun was that to write about a husband and wife team doing this? Stuff? Yeah. You know, I wanted to write not for any like, you know, larger reason. I just thought it would be cool. I, did, I have a lot of alpha females in my life, and I wanted to write about an alpha female in a positive way. And, yeah. um, yeah. And I also, I've spent a ton of time uh, around people in the military, at military bases or whatever, and you meet these young people and you think, 
I, I couldn't put this person in a book because nobody, nobody would believe that there would be somebody this cool and this competent, this with this much responsibility at this young age, like it, it just boggles my mind, you know, and I, I, mm-hmm. I think uh, Nicole is 25 when she's, in, you know, a captain in the army. And, but I'm talking about 19 year old enlisted oh females who are like landing helicopters on the back of destroyers, you know, and I'm thinking, wow. boy, when I was 19, um, oh, <laughs> I was selling CDs and records at a, at a record store. And, you know, I was trying to make assistant yeah. manager and thought I was pretty cool. Um, it, pretty yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wanted to, I wanted to show this. Um, and I was like, you know, if people don't think it's realistic, then that's their problem because it is. And I w- wanted to sort of play against type. I think people would expect you have the, the man of the house going into danger while the, the woman like worried and rubbed her hands together, you know, back, mm-hmm. back at mm-hmm. the homestead and, you know, took care of the kids. And I was like, that's, that, that's not Nicole. Um, she's getting him through this. He's, he's more, he's a more passive guy. They, I mean, they, they their relationship is really great. Um, yeah. but they're very different personalities and, um, I wanted to sort of like take that through the whole story and she became a bigger and bigger character because I'm like, you know what Josh needs right now? He needs Nicole. And <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> he, whether it's on the sat phone or whether she's doing something behind the scenes or whether she's, you know, taking mm-hmm. a more aggressive role, you know, and, and it was a lot of fun to write and I will do a second armored book and, and there will be as much Nicole in it as there is Josh. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, Great. I'm very glad about that. Yeah. All right, Christy, I think it's time. What do you think? Sure. Okay, we ask our um, the authors we get to talk to a question in the bottle. It's kind of a random question you might get at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the question is, if you were to be banned from your local library, what would be the reason? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh <laughs> I know what the reason would be. It's not, it's not an exciting answer, but the truth is for eating, um, (laughs) bringing food in. Uh, No, there, there were years of my lives. Like one thing I love about books is like, they've helped me through tough times in my life, you know, just like that escapism or whatever. And there, there were times in my life where I would go to uh, Barnes and Noble and it's not a library, but same idea. And, and just Mm -hmm. grab a book off the shelf that I wanted to read go sit in the cafeteria, drink coffee all night, eat, eat something and read and then put the book back on the shelf because I didn't have the money to buy it. And, uh, and I've, I've since bought the, all every book I remember reading. I've, I've bought all the author's <laughs> books like that, to make up, to make, for, to make make up for it. You know, and you know, my rationale at the time was, Hey, I'm buying coffee, you know, it's like whatever. Right. Um, you're, you're getting something. But yeah, but, but, but yeah, if I was going to get tossed out of a library, it'd be because I'm sitting somewhere in the stacks with some food or something to drink mm-hmm. and sitting there with a, with a book in my lap. And I could see that. Happening. Yeah. That's really funny. I, I am um, actually was just in our local library the other day and I, it is so nice now that you can bring coffee, like as long as it's got a cover into the library. Oh, oh that's great. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. in college, you know, I spent a lot of time in the library yeah. and smuggle in food and, and yeah. beverages because yeah. who can not, you know, yeah. but it, you couldn't, you weren't supposed to have it in there. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I lived in this, up in the stacks that I went to Memphis state university It's now university of Memphis and, and, uh, and I just lived in the library and you know, microfilm and all that sort of stuff. I love re- yeah. researching and history before I was even, you know, planning to be a writer. It was just what I like to do. So I, yeah. Yeah, I lived in libraries. 
Yeah, I would try to get in there and find one of the little coral room areas upstairs that were quiet, yeah. but you know, then you could sleep yeah. too yeah. if you wanted. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, you can fall asleep if you want, <laughs> or other things. Not me. Okay, but, you know. <laughs> okay. So I want to get talking a little bit about the gray man making a movie, getting a contract. I mean, that's just kind of next level. And, um, and then this to be such a blockbuster and stuff. And so from an author's point of view, I mean, what, how much involvement do you have? When did you get a contract and, you know, did you sign your life away on it or do you... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, initially, so my first novel was a mass market paperback, you know, a little airplane read, for those that don't know. And um, it came out in end of September of 2009. And I think in August of 2009, before it came out, I optioned it to Hollywood, to New Regency, to one of the studios. And it was a decent amount of money. I mean, for me, it was, you know, I, it was more than I got paid to write the book as an advance. But it wasn't, you know, change your life money. But for me, I, what I saw was now when this little paperback comes out, this new writer nobody's ever heard of, I can say, yeah, Hollywood bought the rights to this. And that would give me some cachet. And that's all I thought would ever happen. And, and I was thrilled for that. So after three years, the, the studio had written a script and the option had run out and was coming back to me and they wanted to extend it. And I let them extend it and they paid me a little more money. And um, Brad Pitt was signed up to, to play the role and the screenplay was terrific. And um, the the writer of that screenplay, Adam Kozad, is a terrific writer and we became friends. We're still friends. And um, and then that died on the vine. And so, you know, five years into after it sold, nothing had happened and the, and the rights came back to me. And suddenly there was all this interest uh, once uh, New Regency lost the rights. So my agent had me on conference calls with people like all day long for a couple of days. Wow. And there was a lot of interest by some very big Hollywood people. And I was really surprised. And then I did a conference call with the Russo brothers who at the time, Captain America Winter Soldier had just come out, but they'd, they'd actually read the Gray Man book while they were filming it. And I had this conference call with them and we talked about the character and the story and where it might go and yada, yada. And I hung up the phone and immediately called my agent. I said, these guys, you know, out of everybody I talked to and I like everybody I talked to, I like, and they had pluses and minuses, but I really, I really believed in the Russos. And so they had me come out to LA and spend some time with them before Joe Russo wrote the script. He wrote a script uh, for Sony at the time. And then they started making all the Marvel movies. Everything kind of got distracted. Uh, Sony tried to make it with another director, Christopher McQuarrie, and uh, a, an actress, Charlize Theron, uh, was going to play the lead. And so they rewrote the whole script into something that didn't look like my book anymore. And not just because the lead was a female. It was, uh, it was like a completely different plot. And that kind of died on the vine. And I never thought anything would happen about it. But every, you know, probably once a year, I'd hear from my agent. He'd be like, you know, I'm just making up names. Chris Hemsworth wants to do it. Bradley Cooper wants to do it. But I've been hearing that for so, so long that it didn't mean anything to me. And uh, the spring of 2020, they said, you know, uh, Ryan Gosling is interested in it. And they're actually making some changes to the script right now. And the Russo brothers want to get back involved. And I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Um, and it, <laughs> I didn't I didn't think for a second anything would happen. It didn't. didn't yeah, well, I just didn't believe, you know. And right. then and then it all came to pass like two years ago this week is when they, you know, actually made the, the announcement that it was greenlit. And 
even then I was telling people it's going to fall through, trust me. And, you know, it's, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then uh, when they started filming, it, it got pushed back a few days because of COVID and uh, or a couple few weeks before COVID. And I was like, see, I told you every, every one of these actors is going to do something else in six weekends. It's going to fall apart. So I've, I've been fortunately proven wrong. I was at the premiere last week in LA and uh, I'm being interviewed and they're like, you know, what do you think of all this? And I'm like, I don't know what to think of all this because I've spent 13 years saying this is not going to happen. So I don't know what's right. Going. That's so surreal. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it really. Is. And what a what a crazy, I guess, full circle time where your 20th novel is coming out. Yeah. At the same time, the film for your first, you know, first published novel is coming out. That's really crazy. Yeah, it's. I've seen on my calendar for two years that July of 2022 is going to be kind of tough. <laughs> it's going to be a, a whirlwind, <laughs> and here we are. It's it's going great. Wow, well, that's amazing. I and I did go see it yesterday with our um, sound engineer. Oh, right. my, Son and so he hasn't read the book yet. So I wanted to get both perspectives, and he liked the movie, yeah. and I liked the movie, and I love the book. So I thought, okay, they, you know, it's different, but it's it's good. They're both good. So I'm like, yeah, you've got now ten other books, Gray Man books. After that, do they have rights to all of those, or do you? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, right. they do, they do, and I, and you know the the intention was to make a franchise out of this. We'll see how it does on Netflix, you know that i'm I, I don't want to you know say if I don't have two movies, then I'm disappointed you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy to be where I am, but um, yeah. you know it, it would be terrific. yeah, you if, still if like your day job, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how you do all of it though <laughs> i i I did some you know research and you're publishing like two books a year and these are not short books. This is not an 80,000. No, they're not. These are like 150,000, 200,000. Yeah. Cr- How many pages are in yeah, this How book? do you do two books a year? Uh, first off, I, for anyone that wants to be a writer, writing 150, 175,000 word books is not the way to go. It's it's, it's a self-inflicted <laughs> wound by me. It's just, you know, it's the Tom Clancy effect. I started writing bigger books with, yeah. with Tom and, and I'm sort of, that's where I am now. Um, I'm writing my 12th gray man book. It's due at the end of the month with everything else going on. It's due, you know, whatever that is nine days from now or something. And uh, I mean, I'm working all the time on it. The The day of the the premiere in LA, I was in the lobby at three o'clock in the afternoon and they, the, the car picked us up to take us to the red carpet, like at four 45 and at three o'clock, I'm still in the lobby working because I, I so down to the wire, but wow. um, I, you know, I, I, I used to, it used to be easier because you, you didn't have 20 something books under your belt and you hadn't told all these stories. And at the time, <laughs> the only thing competing with my time was an Xbox. And now I have three kids and, and, uh, you know, the dogs, Four dogs. and, and, and you know, <laughs> the house and, and just the business that goes with writing has gotten yeah. obviously a lot bigger. I mean, you're, you know, when you're starting out, you're desperate to you know, do any publicity whatsoever. And, and then it's like, be careful what you wish for, because then you, uh, you know, then, then you get right. a, a lot more than you can handle. But I mean, it's all, mm-hmm. it's a, a wonderful place to be. Mm-hmm. Wow. We were talking with um, Don Bentley, who also does the Tom Clancy franchise yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I very gracefully said, how the hell do you get everything done? Yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't a very graceful question. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I just write all the time. He's yeah. like, I don't even have a schedule. Like I just write every single minute I have time. Yeah. And I, I imagine that's what you do too. Yeah. I, Don called me when he was, they, they approached him about doing the Clancy stuff. And um, I, you know, he said, what do you think? And I said, well, here's where I am. I, I'm not going to tell you to do it because it is really hard. It's one of the hardest things I ever did. Um, but I'm also going to tell you that 
you'd be an idiot to pass up this opportunity because I mean, it really did help my career, help my writing. Um, you know, everything about it was good for me. Um, you just, you know, you lose a lot of sleep and, you know, you, you feel like every, every book takes a little chunk out of your brain. <laughs> it's never coming back, but, uh, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity. And, and I think, I think he's happy. He's, I mean, I know he's happy he's doing them, but like, you know, like I, I, I think he would say that the, the effort is worth the reward. Right. So you think you're just going to keep on doing two books a year? indefinitely or no like- I've got I have to get off this train yeah no it, it is harder and harder um like I'm, I'm writing the same amount of words as as I said as I was before I had any other obligations really and then also you know once you once you've told 20 stories or 22 I, I was a ghostwriter too for a couple books so it's really my 22nd book is armor oh, um oh, wow. and so <laughs> you know, you can't cover the same ground that you've covered before. I don't ever want to be one of those authors that's just like phoning it in and and telling the same thing, just moving the location. So I want to do something different and new with each book. And um, that's going to turn into one a year. um, Yeah, you need to have time to ruminate. For the next next two years. Yeah, you really do. You need to have time to go out and get new information. And, you know, there's a couple of opportunities this fall that I have that I probably won't be able to take advantage of because I have to finish another book by the end of the year. And they would be great opportunity, be great fodder for me in my writing. But I, it looks oh. like I won't be able to do it. So that's just that's where I am now. Those are some tough. So I, I we got to ask you. I know our I know our listeners are and viewers are going to want to hear the Tom Clancy story and what it was like working with him. And I can't imagine what you learned from him um, along the way. Yeah, I um, you know we had the same editor and I'd only had a couple little paperback books out at the time. One was gray man, which had sold to Hollywood, but it, you know, I, I was certainly no household name. And they called me and asked me if I'd be interested in, in co-authoring with Clancy because he was looking for a new co-author. And uh, you know, I actually tried out, I was such a fan of Clancy books. I knew all the characters. If, if it was anybody else, I wouldn't have known, you know, I, I would have had to do a ton of research, but instead I, I just wrote like, 25 or 50 pages I can't remember not really part of a book never used it for anything but just like this fake scene in the middle of a fake book where I just have all the characters in there and the way they talk to each other the relationships the jobs the skill sets um it was kind of all on display it was like my little tryout it was my own idea because I felt like there were probably other people in the running they just asked me Mm -hmm. if I was interested and so I gave them that and then they had me go meet Tom in Baltimore Tom Clancy and uh and then I got the job and did three with him before he passed away. And then really quickly, his family asked me to continue the Jack Ryan series. So, I mean, I, I just learned how to write bigger in scope books, uh, more geopolitical. You know, like if, if I get an idea, if I start to ask myself, I wonder what the White House thinks about what's going on right here. It's like, well, now I'll go into the White House and write about that. Whereas before it was pretty much a guy on the ground, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just made my writing bigger, I think. Oh, that's so fascinating. Cool. Okay, before we wrap it up, Christy has got a final question for you. It's very serious. Yes. Okay, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with, and what would it be? It's a good question. You know, I sadly have killed off, like, some of my favorite (laughs) characters. You you end up regretting that, especially you don't know you're going to write this big, long series. Um, But in the first Gray Man book, uh, a a character named Maurice, um, who's actually played, uh, is actually the version of the female in, in the film played by Alfre Woodard, this character, Maurice, uh, is court sort of mentor and, and handler uh, in the, his early days in the CIA. And he dies in that first book. And um, 
I, I need him in every other book. So there's always right. a lot of there's, there's a lot of flashbacks where where Court remembers something that Marie said. Uh, I do that in every book. Um, but just the way I built that character, it's like if he were if he was a real person, that's the guy I'd want to hang out with, and I would want to have fish and chips in an Irish pub somewhere in Alexandria, Virginia, you know, or DC area, that sort of thing, where all the spies hang out, and um, you know, somewhere near. CIA. Is that true? And uh, should I that, I that I'm going to start looking around every time I'm up in Virginia then, because they're all yeah, the spies yeah, are I mean, there. Whole, yeah, I, they actually. Um, I mean, I've been told by agency people that uh, they do training in Alexandria, in Old Town, Alexandria, because it sort of approximates Europe a little bit, and and uh, um, it, you know, th then to just kind of keep your eyes open, especially in the mornings, and you see some training going on, and I I feel like I've, I've witnessed that. Uh, Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Well, this has been so lovely. We feel really thrilled for you. Thank and you. we're so happy to have had this time with you, especially during this crazy time. Thank you. I know our listeners are going to want to know more about your books um, and reach out to you. What's the best way for them to find you? My website is uh, my name, Mark Graney, G-R-E-A-N-E-Y books.com. And that has everything about the movies and all the books and audiobooks and everything right on there. Awesome. Well, I, I guess all we have left is to thank you very much and to do a cheers um, for future success. <laughs> thank cheers. you, guys. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On GameOfBooksPodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Are you a self-published author needing more sales? Let's talk about momentum advertising for authors. If you'd rather be writing your next book instead of taking marketing classes. Or roping your cousin's girlfriend into handling your social media ads. Get Community Authors' latest service. They do all the work to get your book noticed. Find out more on their weekly information sessions that are free if you go to their website, communityauthors.com. I'm telling you, this exclusive program is a great opportunity. Their clients are really partners at Momentum Advertising for Authors, so be sure to tell them that Christy and Kathy from GOB sent you.